Welcome back to Moms in Baseball. This is episode 33, and I'm Stephanie. And I'm Diana. Today, we're going to talk about how to take better sports photos. So originally, we thought about interviewing a photographer for this, but we decided we wanted this to be for the absolute beginner, just a parent trying to grab some better shots of their kids. So I thought the advice might be more applicable coming from a super beginner, amateur hobby photographer like myself. So take everything I say with a grain of salt. I'm not a professional, but hopefully I have enough experience playing around with some digital camera photography that there will be helpful advice in here. And after listening to this episode, you will be able to take some better photos. Also, if you are listening to this podcast on like Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast directory you usually listen to, know that today's episode is also going to be on YouTube. Um, It'll be a more raw version of the episode because I'm not going to cut stuff out. And I'm going to include some pictures and things like that that obviously... I can't share with you over the podcast, but if you're listening, it should be just fine. It'll just be a little bit shorter because I'll cut those parts out. So as we mentioned, I'm not a professional photographer. So everything that I do know is just from playing around with my own camera and YouTube. So there'll be some things in here that you might say, I don't know how to do that. Well, search on YouTube. I might include a few links myself, but that's how I learned what I learned. Diana's not giving herself enough credit. Like, I I copy her pictures all the time. She does a wonderful job. Thank you. So don't let her lie. Thank you. She's great. At Mm -hmm. the end here, I will share some of my favorite photos and then just some bad ones, too, just to show you what not to do. (laughs) But my first piece of advice, this is going to be kind of ironic or hypocritical, but my first piece of advice to take better sports pictures is don't take them. Let somebody else take them. because this is for me this is totally for me (laughs) it's it's a lot of work and it's really nice to be able to sit back and watch your kids game and not have to watch it through the lens of a camera so first and foremost if there's a professional photographer at your game like if your school has somebody that comes around and takes pictures and posts them or they do that for the local clubs I would strongly recommend put down your camera don't take pictures that game I just feel like it's a little bit disrespectful because they're doing this for a living. Even though I have a thousand pictures that I've taken of my kids and pictures that I really, really like, I will almost always purchase a picture when there's a photographer there because, I don't know, somebody took it and it wasn't me and it's probably a lot better picture than I would ever take and they're usually very reasonably priced, so... If there's a professional there, yeah, maybe just consider using their photos. And also, I'm just going to put a little plug out there for them. Please don't steal their pictures if they post them on social media. Even if they have a giant watermark across that, that's still their property. So you can share the photo. You can tag yourself in the photo so that your friends can see it. But if you want the picture and you want to use it as you would like and you don't want the watermark on there, please buy the picture from the photographer. Secondly, if there's a parent on your team that takes pictures and shares them with all the parents after game. Let them do that and treat them like royalty because that is a lot of work. Not only are they watching the entire game through the lens of a camera as opposed to sitting there and just enjoying the game, but they're probably going home after the game and sifting through hundreds or thousands of pictures and maybe even doing some post-processing. And it's just a ton of work. And in my experience, it doesn't take very long for people to kind of take it for granted and just sort of start expecting like, hey, when are you going to post all my 100 pictures of my kid that you took? today <laughs> and maybe some days they have a camera and they just want to take a couple pictures of their own kids and that's okay mm-hmm. so yeah and that's okay yeah absolutely so yeah that's my advice is don't take the pictures if you don't have to let somebody else but if you want to do it or you just want to learn how to take better photos or you're one of those people that just really enjoy it I'll give you a few tips here about how you can take better pictures 
The first one is to get as close as you absolutely can to the action. So as a parent, you're probably not going to get a pass to go sit out on the field, right? That's another reason why the professional photographers are going to have such great photos is because they are often like sitting on a bucket or something out on the field. We're not going to do that, but you can get your camera right up to the fence. You know, obviously be careful so you're not going to get a foul ball back and crack your phone or crack your camera, but you can get right up to the fence so that your camera is looking through the fence. And that's where I like to go if I'm behind home plate is, you know, maybe just off to the side so the ump isn't in the way. And then if you've got the lens hood on up against the fence that protects the lens, you can go down the first or third baseline and you can hang over the fence there. Maybe have a person there spotting for you so you don't get a foul ball to the face either. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, just get as close as you can. If you don't have an expensive zoom lens, like a very expensive zoom lens, it's really hard to get a decent picture of outfielders, especially an action shot of outfielders. So walk out towards the outfield to get those pictures. And you want to try to fill the player in the frame as much as possible. You don't want a picture where the outfielder is just like a tiny little dot in the middle of the picture. You want them to to fill the photos. And along the same lines, get low to the ground. So you'll see professional photographers at like football games or things like laying on the ground, taking the pictures. And, you know, maybe you don't want to be the parent like that dedicated, but you can just sit (laughs) (laughs) like, you know, sit in a pretzel on the ground. And uh, it just makes the kids look kind of like larger than life. It makes them seem, I don't know, a lot more impressive when you kind of have the angle from from down below looking up. I like that. That's a good point. And then you want to try just getting a few different angles. Sometimes um, at games, like I'll say, you know, I want to take pictures, but I'm not like that dedicated to it. So I'll just find a place to sit. And that's where I'm going to take all the photos for the whole game, knowing full well that I'm sacrificing some really good shots because they're all from the same angle. But if I really want to take good pictures, you need to find a few different angles. So um, I mentioned before, you can go behind home plate or slightly off to the side. That can be a great spot to get good shots of pitchers. You can get like their face and it almost looks like they're looking right at you. There'll usually be like a little space in between the batter and the umpire where you can kind of like zoom in and focus to get the pitcher straight on. I'd mentioned before, you can go down the first baseline and the third baseline. So those are good for different reasons, whether you're trying to get pictures of right-handed batters or left-handed batters or right-handed pitchers, left-handed pitchers. Um, Obviously, if you're down the first baseline, it's going to be better for shots of like third base and left field. If you're down the third base side, it's better for first base and right field. So just try to get a a few different angles. And then also, you're going to have to go back and forth a lot for righties and lefties. So sometimes I'll do like a couple innings all from one side and then I'll go over the next inning and get a few from the other side so I'm not going back and forth back and forth for a team that you know has a lot of right and left-handed batters you're going to want to look to see what is in the background as you're taking your photos and that will also determine what angle you're going to be from and for people watching on YouTube or if you want to go to the website I will share a photo of Xander my son pitching and there's like a giant portageon in the background <laughs> and this is like at our home field for rec ball and so I should know better this is when I first started taking pictures All I had to do was take a few steps one direction or the other, and I wouldn't have the portage out in the background. But just look at that so the background doesn't look super messy. Obviously, you want to keep in mind the angle of the sun. That used to overwhelm me to think about that, but just know that you don't want to shoot into the sun. So that's the easiest way to think about that. You're going to have terrible pictures. They'll just be like silhouettes. Unless that's what you're going for, then that could be artsy and cool too. But usually you don't want to shoot into the sun. It can be really helpful to anticipate action, which sounds like 
like you're a fortune teller or something, but really it just means sometimes you can kind of guess what you think might happen or just focus on something and hope to get lucky and hope something will happen where you're focusing your camera. And the most common way that I would do that, especially at the younger age levels, at the younger age levels when the bases are really close together, runners are stealing all the time. Like if there's a runner on first base, unless he's like the slowest kid on the team, he's probably going to steal second base really early. So in that case, especially if you've got a runner, a fast runner on first base, you can focus on like the front corner of second base if you're behind home plate or wherever you are and just kind of hold the camera there and then wait for it to happen. And then as he's sliding into second, you just start snapping away and taking pictures and you are already ready to go. Like you're the paparazzi. You just keep going. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You just keep going. If there's a ground ball, instead of trying to follow the whole play because it happens really fast and if you're not practiced at it, it can be tricky. Just immediately you could go right to the first baseman and focus on the first baseman and try to get like the play at first base. Just start snapping away and hope that at some point in time you caught the ball going into the first baseman's mitt. So those are a couple examples of that. As much as possible, you want to try to catch facial expressions. So when you're taking pictures, also remember that you're not just trying to capture the play. A lot of times it's helpful to keep taking pictures after the play because that's when you'll see, you know, like kind of like their disappointment that they just got thrown out and they're kind of like making like a crazy face and their hands might be up in the air or you'll see the kids, you know, celebrating after the um, just called the outer whatever it is but those can often be the best pictures are after the play and as often as possible it's going to be a better picture if you can get their face in it and not the back of their head so try to get an angle that's going to have the player's face in it the other thing you want to try to do is try to get the ball in the photo there can be good photos without the ball for sure but those are going to be the most like highly coveted photos are going to be when you can see the face and you can see the ball those are always great pictures absolutely I love those yeah so it's some of the things that people like to to try to catch or like the bat right on the ball as they're swinging or um, the player catching the ball at first base, an outfielder catching the ball. I think that's one of the hardest shots to get is an outfielder catching the ball because not only are they so far away and it's hard to even get a lens to reach that, but it's almost like if you could imagine, you know how it's hard to find a target that's far away through binoculars, you know, to find exactly where your target is. And so you're following the ball as it's happening, trying to see where the ball is going and trying to find your target. That's a really hard thing to do. So kudos to photographers that have figured that one out. Right. Yeah. Another one, you know, with the ball in the photo is people like to try to get the ball right before the catcher catches it, like right before it goes into the mitt or maybe even right as it's going into the mitt and the dust is flying everywhere. So those are just some like standard baseball shots that a lot of people like to try to catch. And clue here or hint, I guess you could say it's more of a cheat to to get a lot of bang for your buck for these like anticipating type shots are to take pictures during warmups because during warmups, you know exactly what's going to happen and it's predictable. You know, the first baseman's probably going in order. He's going to throw a ground ball to the second baseman. The second baseman's going to throw it back. He's going to throw a ground ball to the shortstop. So it's a great way to catch the second baseman and the shortstop and the third baseman um, fielding a ground ball and making a throw. And the same thing with the outfield. That's where you could maybe practice making it look like they're catching a fly ball in the outfield. Now, parents are always going to appreciate more pictures that are actually from that game-winning play or whatever than they are warm-ups. But especially if you can get the background out, it can still make it look like a pretty pretty great shot when it's from warm-ups. And I do have a couple examples of those, or at least one example of a, one of my favorite shots that was taken during warm-ups that I'll show yeah, later. That's a good idea, though. I mean, yeah. And sometimes you don't even know. You're like, oh, I don't know what play that was even. And you're like, ha-ha, it wasn't. It was warm-ups. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
exactly. One of my last tips is to just do some very simple post-processing or editing. This is something that I don't know a ton about, and I feel like if I spend a ton of time trying to edit something, I make it look worse than it looked before. So I am not the (laughs) expert to go to to talk about editing, but I would say that there are just a couple things that you can do to make the photos look so much better. And again, I'll have an example of this uh, later on, but the, the three corrections that I think you should always make are to straighten the photo, meaning like, you know, if you had your camera tilted and the fence is all at an angle in the background and it just kind of looks horrible like you can straighten the photo very easily with the crop tool crop the photo to make sure your target or your subject is filling the frame and they're not just like this tiny little figure in a big picture and if you want like if the lighting is kind of off or it just doesn't look right there's usually no matter what you use there's probably going to be like an auto button like auto correct auto fix something like that where it will adjust the lighting the highlights the shadows um, and you Usually that will make it look better if you're not happy with how it looked before. But sometimes that auto button can go overboard. So if that happens, usually you can adjust the color. It can make your photo look just really kind of fake. So usually if if I use the auto button, I'll usually take the vividness or the saturation, whatever the color slider is, and take that back down to zero. And I personally like to use Lightroom as my free photo editor. It's just on my phone. Um, Like I said, it's free. You can pay for it and get a bunch of extra features, but you can do quite a bit to make photos look better with just that free Lightroom. And then finally, in post-production, if you take a picture, especially if you're like really zooming in or if you didn't have a lot of light when you took the photo, it'll look, it'll have a lot of noise or which means it'll look like really grainy. And I think those pictures tend to look better in black and white. I think you're more forgiving with the graininess in pictures if they're in black and white than if they're in color. So if that's something else you could do to kind of salvage one of those pictures. Nice. Good idea. So... My last piece of advice, and this is the most important one, so this is where we'll spend the most (laughs) amount of time. So pay attention. Yeah, (laughs) is to understand your camera. So I see people constantly asking, like, you know, I want to take better pictures. What sort of camera should I get? And I kind of feel like a lot of times you can take really great pictures with the camera you already have if you just knew how to use it. So it doesn't make sense to me to go spend thousands of dollars on equipment, and then it's still not going to take a good picture if you don't know what you're doing. So watch a few YouTube videos, figure in on. Honestly, iPhones take really, really great pictures. Like, I don't have an iPhone, and I'm really jealous when I see the kind of photos people can get off of an iPhone, especially if it doesn't require a ton of zoom. Do you have an iPhone, Stephanie? Yes, I do. Yeah. And you always say, let's use your phone. And I'm like, but I don't know how to work it, so I make you do it. (laughs) And then you take the pictures. And they do. The cameras are pretty amazing on the iPhone. I will say that. Yeah. They are very nice. Yeah. And I'm sure that there's high-end Androids that have great cameras too, like Mm -hmm. a Samsung Galaxy or something. I never have a good phone. So my phone always (laughs) takes garbage pictures. But if you have a really good phone camera, you really can take decent pictures if you just use a few of these tips. If you actually want a camera, or if you're like me and you have a crappy phone, so you need a camera. I start, I, I shouldn't just say I started with, I have what I started with, <laughs> which is a an entry-level DSLR, which basically just means an entry-level digital camera. And it's a digital camera that's specifically designed to have interchangeable lenses. So this can screw off and I can put a different lens on. So that's going to be what a DSLR is. And just to give you an idea, the one that I have is a Canon T6. And so we're at like T7 or T8 now. I don't even know. But I specifically got an older one. Did I say Rebel? It's a Canon Rebel T6. No, you didn't say Rebel. Okay. Well, that's important. (laughs) And I actually got that advice to get this from a Baseball Mom Facebook group. And everybody was like, if you want to take good pictures, this is what you need to get. So that was one of the first things I went to a Baseball Mom Facebook group for was to figure out 
what camera to get. And it was a great suggestion. It's been a great camera and it's going to run around like maybe $400 with a lens and a bag and all the basic necessities that you're going to need just to give you an idea. But one of the first things that you need to learn on your DSLR is how to focus. So the main thing that's going to set apart kind of a crappy photo or mediocre photo from like a great photo is how well focused it is. If you're actually able to focus on the eyes of your subject, this is what your goal is always going to be or usually is going to be. (laughs) And this is where you're going to have to use YouTube to figure it out because I'm not going to tell you how to do it on everyone's camera. But if you plan to take action shots, and that's what we're talking about for the most part here with baseball, you want to find out how to set your camera to be on continuous autofocus mode. And on a Canon, like what I have, it's called AI Servo AF. And it's pretty easy. It's not like a complicated thing to put it in that mode. When you put it in the continuous autofocus, as you're holding down the shutter button and following your subject as they're moving, it's going to continuously refocus the shot. So that's really important if you're trying to get focus on a moving subject. And if you want to be more complicated about it, so that's how you're going to focus is you're going to hold the shutter button halfway down. That's usually going to be the default mode on any DSLR. If you want to get fancy, which is what I've done, and I think it's significantly easier, you can do a simple YouTube tutorial to figure out how to back button focus. So I basically just programmed a button to focus and I'm continuously holding that button down as I'm taking pictures. So it's constantly refocusing in that mode. And that has been a lifesaver that really helps. And then you also can turn on a continuous shooting or burst mode, which means you just hold the shutter button down and it's going to keep taking picture after picture after picture. And that's really great. Like I said, if you want to keep taking the picture after the play happens, or if you're trying to catch the ball coming off the bat or whatever, you just keep holding the button down and kind of hope to get lucky and (laughs) hopefully one of those frames is going to catch exactly what you're looking for. So use that continuous burst mode. And that's one reason why people will have like thousands of picture after a game is because for every play, they're holding that button down and getting eight photos from every play or whatever. Yeah. You get your one money shot out of your 30. Exactly. Yep. And this is just, it should be obvious, but just going to throw it out there. Make sure you turn your flash off when you're outside because (laughs) the players don't appreciate the flash. It's a bit distracting and it's not going to help with your picture anyway. They're too far away. So yeah, don't, don't use your flash. That's the basics of what it would require to take better pictures of your kids when they're playing sports. If you already understand all of that, if you understand your camera fairly well and in how to put a good picture together and you want to upgrade equipment, like I said, I have a Canon Rebel T6. I love it. Nikon's going to have a comparable entry-level camera, again, in like the $400-ish range. So the next step you could look to is adding more lenses. So like the lens that comes default with most cameras is going to be like an 18 to 55 millimeter which I like never use. I almost never use this lens Mm. for sports. And I want to say this cost about $100. I use the 55 to 250 millimeters. So it zooms a little bit, but I got that one because it it picks up right where the other one leaves off. This one was 18 to 55. This is 55 to 250. It just made sense to me. I don't know. And I actually really like it. It doesn't zoom quite as far as I would like. You can get the the ones that go up to 300 for about the same price. But I don't think the lens is 
is quite as good. This is what I almost use exclusively for baseball, um, and it works great. The only other lens that I have, and this is, again, I think about maybe like $80. I don't think it's quite $100. This is a 50 millimeter. It is not a zoom lens. The nice thing about this, though, is that it has a really, really low aperture. So this is a great picture to like really get someone in focus with a lot of that bokeh. So if you're close oh. to your subject, like if you're right near home plate and you can get a picture of the batter that way, or if you're taking pictures into the dugout or something like that where you can actually be really close this takes phenomenal photos if you want the lens that professionals use and you have two thousand dollars plus to spend <laughs> then i'm very jealous of you and right. <laughs> you can get the f 2.8 300 millimeter so that's going to be this giant long zoom lens that can do the wide open aperture and it's they're just expensive there's no way around it um you could also look at upgrading to a professional camera but you're looking at the difference of like if i were to get a, a canon mark 4 instead of a rebel it's a difference of 400 dollars to now 2000 or 2200 dollars and really the only difference and it is a big difference but the really only difference that you're pay, you're paying for is that it can take more photos per second so it can take like seven shots per second as opposed to two and a half shots per second so like you're more likely to catch that get lucky and mm, catch that frame you're looking shots. for because it's yeah there's just more pictures and then the other is that it has a much stronger iso so basically you can take better pictures in darker conditions like i can't take very decent photos in a gym or during a night game because there's just my camera just is not powerful enough to deal with an action shot with that much light i could take a still shot but an action shot because you have that fast shutter speed there's the camera just can't compensate there's nowhere else for it to get the light from so it's going to take crappy crappy action photos in dark conditions so anyway that's what you're looking at there but again if you have an iphone i mean you have to really be interested in photography to want to do more than just what your iphone can do because it's going to be great so um again if you're listening on your podcast directory that's going to be it for today if you're hanging out on youtube i'm going to show you some of those pictures and we'll go over that feel free to find us on social media or you can check out our website moms in baseball or give us a review on itunes or apple podcasts on deck for next week we plan on talking with coach mark hammond of the 11u hit dogs and that's a very elite 11u team that travels all over the place um, they are based in michigan outside detroit so we are going to talk to mark and pick his brain next week until but, then sorry no you're good keep going <laughs> well, it's you until then have fun in the field <laughs> we'll see you next week <laughs> really delayed I, I had to record on two things so that one was oh second. sorry i'm going and you're like not yet <laughs> <laughs>